listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 13th of July 2022. Later, we'll preview the US inflation numbers due out later tonight. But first, to CEO pay and bonuses. The Australian Council of Superannuation Investors says the median ASX100 CEO bonus shot up to 77% of potential maximum in 2021. Back in 2020, it was at 30%. And that's because of the COVID-induced pandemic and the slowdown that we saw. But what it means is that the average ASX 100 CEO saw a bonus payment of $2.31 million. Do they deserve it? For more, I spoke earlier with Ed John from the council. Ed, how would you describe the level of CEO pay and bonus pay here in Australia? Ricardo, after really a year in the beginning of the pandemic where CEO pay dropped and boards did the right thing and effectively had zero bonuses in many cases, last year um, bonuses hit a record high. So not only did they catch up to pre-pandemic levels, they went one step higher in many cases. So what are some of the standout numbers in the report? Well, we saw the average uh, bonus awarded to a top 100 CEO. It was 60, sorry, 76% of maximum. And some of the numbers at the top end, um, you saw the co-CEOs of Afterpay uh, receive north of $260 million for the year. Um, on average, the uh, bonus for an ASX 100 CEO was close to $2.3 million. Okay, so how do you justify these sorts of numbers? Because, A, we still are some time away from profit reporting season, so how are you going to be scrutinising it? I'll, I'll leave each company to justify their own outcomes, but I think this year will be really crucial. So boards right around Australia are sitting down right now to decide where bonuses land to 30 June. And we know it's been a difficult year for markets and investors. So we'll be looking um, very closely at where they land and whether or not bonuses actually reflect the experience of shareholders. Even so, wages in Australia for the rest of the population isn't growing as fast as these huge bonuses we're seeing, right? Um, How do you explain why, how, these big bonuses are happening to the average person? I think some of the largest numbers in terms of bonuses that we've seen are the result of um, high performance. So some of these companies where they've doubled, tripled in size um, and delivered value over the long term. But for investors, I think the question is, are we getting value for money? So you have those growth stories or companies where value has been added, but there are some where bonuses are being paid which actually don't match performance, which is a huge concern. So how do you rectify that sort of a thing? Well, I think investors will will really scrutinise the numbers that we see this reporting season and, you know, where they are out of line in the past. We've seen, you know, very significant votes against remuneration reports at major companies. Um, Yeah, that that, that will certainly be a feature if, if boards aren't reading the room. 
Ed John there from the Australian Council of Superannuation Investors. From CEO Pay, let's go to interest rates, where the Reserve Bank of New Zealand lifted rates from 2% to 2.5% to try to tackle inflation and continuing to lead global central banks in lifting rates. For more, I spoke earlier with Imre Spitzer from Westpac in Auckland. Like most other central banks around the world, it's faced with very high inflation and very high inflation expectations. And that's its main concern. If the expectations get entrenched, it's really hard to undo them down the line. That's why the Reserve Bank of New Zealand uh, was actually first off the blocks. It was the first of the uh, developed world central banks to start hiking back in November last, uh, sorry, October last year. And it's continuing to hike apace. So um, it's hiking in uh, lumps of 50 basis points, as it did today. And it gave us the message that nothing has changed since the last meeting in May. Uh, It is resolute in taking rates to where they should be in order to bring inflation back to its target band. So the target band is 1% to 3%, uh, midpoint of 2 But I think it'll be happy enough just to get inflation back uh, around 3%. Can we explore that in more detail? What exactly is different about New Zealand to the rest of the world for New Zealand to be one of the first to start hiking interest rates, right? And why do you think it is that the New Zealand official cash rate is about double that of Australia? Yeah, um, why was it first? Um, It's actually not facing um, radically different factors to other central banks, uh, including the RBA. Uh, Perhaps... The inflationary signals showed up in New Zealand earlier than it did in Australia. Um, in addition, the RBNZ's developed a reputation over the last few years as being a fairly activist uh, central bank, you know, as opposed to a more passive or more contemplative central bank. Uh, some central banks in other parts of the world will take a lot more time to deliberate, assess the signals, and then decide what to do. Uh, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, I guess it's looking at a smaller economy as well. It can see the signs a lot quicker. Um, and it knew it really had to um, get off the blocks last year. Indeed, it was ready to go in August of last year. Um, if it wasn't for a COVID outbreak in New Zealand, that's when it would have started. So, yes, well ahead of the pack. Um, perhaps you could say that the small size of the economy and the earlier evidence um, of inflation in New Zealand might have been part of the story. Imre Spitzer there from Westpac in Auckland. Now to the Australian share market, which rose today, the 200 up by 0.2%, 6,621. For more, I spoke earlier with Adam Dawes from Shaw and Partners. Yeah, it has really been a really quiet day today, and I think that's basically what they're looking for is the uh, US inflation numbers that will be coming out about 10.30 our time tonight, which will basically be in the markets looking for around 8.8% as a rough guide uh, to what that's going to happen. But it will come out before the market opens, so it will be quite interesting to see how the US reacts to that overnight. Rates are lifting around the world. Obviously, the US inflation number will have an influence on how US interest rates will climb. Today, we saw New Zealand lift by 50 basis points, the same as the Bank of Korea, uh, South Korea. What's the market now thinking on rate rises and the implication for shares? So I think the market is basically looking at overall the rate rises is on track and things are moving in the right direction. So the market has priced in for Australia another 50 basis point rise next month. The, the Overall, the markets are very comfortable now with what's going on. 
I can't see any real issues with what's happening with the with the interest rates going forward. But it does show that the markets are very comfortable with what's happening with interest rates rising. Obviously, inflation is the big key issue. Higher oil, or lower oil prices is definitely going to help that. The other key thing that happened today, oil prices continuing to fall down to a three-month low. Can you explain why and the implications? It's all got to do with China. China's got to come out with its GDP number this Friday. And if that GDP number is lower, that means uh, China's growth is also lower. And now remember, China is the second largest consumer of oil behind the US. So what that means is that basically if China is having a slower growth, that means the oil price needs to come back to, I guess, compensate for that slower growth. So that's the reason why uh, that, that has happened. And certainly the implications are that means that everybody at the petrol bowser will start to see cheaper, uh, uh, cheaper petrol prices. But that does take about a couple of weeks for it to flow through because there are certain cycles that the petrol needs to go through before it's sold to the retail uh, customer. Adam Dawes there from Shore and Partners. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Thank you.